Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. From the Bud Light Studios. Bud Light. Easy to Sunday. KKSCFM HD1. Broomfield, Denver, Boulder. Home of the reigning NBA champions. The Nuggets defend their title beginning October 24th. The official home of Mile High Basketball. This is Altitude Sports Radio 92.5. It's Dempsey and Company. Welcome to Friday. You made it. It's the weekend. You have made it. Christopher Dempsey, Mike Sanford here with you today. Until noon, Altitude Sports Radio 92.5. This is a Broncos Reaction Friday, which is usually a Broncos Reaction Monday. But this is a Broncos Reaction Friday because they played last night, didn't play well, lost 19-8 to the Kansas City Chiefs. would be the 16th straight time the Chiefs have beaten them. Uh, And then for the Broncos, uh, at at 1-5, it's their worst six-game start since 1994. That's where we are with the Broncos uh, right now. Um, I am going to get to the question of whether how quickly we will probably see Jared Stidham. I I think even at the beginning of the season, uh, prior to the season, uh, Sean Payton said, look, he's a pro quarterback. And and, and now we're starting to get into a space. If you keep losing, then you start playing some guys just to take a look at him. I don't know if we're there yet. We'll talk about that in two seconds. I want to get to this the sound with uh, Jerry Judy. So Steve Smith, former wide receiver um, for various teams, apparently has a, what will we call it? Like a, 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 a conversation on the field. Um, or, well, it started with him saying some things about Jerry Judy in a, in a analyst setting that Jerry Judy didn't like. He went over to what he thought was just going to be an apology. Hey, I'm sorry uh, about saying those things, but you know, that's kind of my job. Jerry Judy didn't take that, uh, that, that very well. And that led to Steve Smith kind of going off on air like this. Rhett, one of the things that I really enjoy working with Steve Smith is the way that I can see these players react to him. We just had it 30 seconds ago. Sky Moore, Chiefs wide receivers, coming by, comes to say hello to Steve. He spends time time with them before the games, telling what he likes about their game, giving them little pointers, how they could be better. And these guys grew up watching him, so they soak it up. 
However, a short while ago, yeah. Broncos wide receiver Jerry Judy was walking by, and Steve called out to him, I and he got a different reaction. I called out to him because I'll, on my podcast, Cut To It, I just talked about guys that maybe have not um, showed up in a way or in a manner. And so the word that I've used uh, to describe him in the past was a jag, just a guy. Just a guy. And so when I saw him, he's playing well. I wanted to say to him face-to-face, like, hey, I know I said some things in the past I probably shouldn't have, and I'm sorry. That's what I wanted to say to him. His response, Mike Robb and Bucky, was ninja. Ninja? Yes, I'm using the word ninja. That's I'm just using the word ninja. I don't mess with you. And it was a, it was a curse word. And so I was like, all right. And then he repeated it. So I'll say it again. I'm sorry that I said you were a jag, just a guy who's an average wide receiver that you a first-round pick on that isn't doing anything. I hope today that you actually show up in a way that you haven't showed up in the last couple of years since they drafted you. So if you ever got a problem with Agent 89, I'm sorry for saying that you're an average wide receiver that they eventually will move on. And when teams call me and asking, should they trade for you? I will say, no, don't trade for Jerry Judy. Right there. Because he's mentally unable to handle constructive criticism from people who watch specifically, can he be a wide receiver? He could be a wide receiver. He's a tier three. Go back into the studio. I'm done now. Thank you. Red. That's how Steve Smith. <laughs> Did you hear that mic drop? Yeah. It was audible. It was an audible visual <laughs> mic drop. And it was dropped. Nelly, we got to keep that. And, uh, and also, my favorite part is, is if you listen, the host still throws it to break like a professional, yeah. just in case. He still goes, Brett? Go back and now into a the word studio. from I'm our sponsors. Now. Thank you. <laughs> Brett? Um, wow. Uh, you know, it's... Steve Smith is an emotional guy. Jerry Judy caught three passes yesterday for 14 yards. Uh, the reality of the situation is there are going to be teams that uh, would want Jerry Judy on on the squad, and it seems as reports are starting to trickle out now that he is being dangled out there a little bit. Um, maybe we're seeing the last few weeks of Jerry Judy on the roster? Yes. Yeah. Um, Debs, what, what was your initial take when you first saw that video, um, whether it be social media or if you're watching the live broadcast? Like, what, what, what did it emote inside of you? Uh, well, I, I was glad he explained the entire thing. I, 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 I wasn't mad at Jerry Judy for being mad at you. Don't have to. You don't have to love a person, even if somebody wants to come to you and say, "Hey, I'm sorry for what I said." You still said it, so I don't have to accept that apology if I don't want to. And I can say anything back to you now that you have now confronted me because Jerry Judy didn't walk over to Steve Smith and say anything. Steve Smith walked over to Jerry Judy to say it. So, I, you know, I think I think I find those exchanges kind of fascinating myself. Um, I'm on Jerry Judy's side, I think, on this in this particular instance. And all that business afterwards, if they call me, I'm going to tell them not to trade for him. That's, that's, that's ridiculous. Who's calling you, Steve Smith? Yeah, yeah exactly. Nobody. You don't think they're going to watch the tape? Yeah. Uh, the tape is what matters. Yeah. And, and obviously, character references, good, bad, or indifferent, that's what's going to matter mm-hmm. for, for Jerry Judy. How'd what, you feel about that? I, I was hot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm I'm not a, a Jerry Judy uh, fan club member myself. I'm not, a, I'm not an original charter member of the Jerry Judy fan club per se. But that conversation they had was grown man's business. Mm-hmm. It was between one man and another man. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't in front of the microphones. It wasn't in front of the set. Steve Smith Sr. made a decision to violate the bro code in real time with the national audience. Yeah. 
And nobody's talking about that. Mm-hmm. Everybody right now is talking about Jerry Judy dancing and acting crazy. Well, you were called a jag, right? That, like I know from the world of football that there's not a curse word worse than being called a jag. Mm-hmm. When you're a first round pick, you're all world at Alabama. It hasn't gone well here in Denver. I, I do not like that kind of conversation that happened between two grown men to be aired out on Amazon Prime, national. And everybody's got Amazon Prime because we all buy something and expect it to be there in about an hour and a half. Yeah. I, I just think that, that, that Steve Smith Sr. Was, was out of line to have that conversation with the national audience. And I get it. It sells. I get it. We're all talking about it. I get it. But also, who's going to trust Steve Smith Sr. inside the league to have those types of conversations going forward where he's now betrayed that code? And you know from having been in the media for... Ever. Tw- <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll say 15 years because you, you just turned 35. <laughs> I just turned 35. Yeah, yeah. But, but your time in the media, like, respecting that type of code, I've been on the other side of it. I've been a coach. I've had great relationships and friendships with members of the media but if there's one time that what I told you in confidence or we had in a completely off the record conversation becomes national consumption, mm-hmm. dude, you're, you're dead to me. Yeah. Like you're dead to me. Yeah. And obviously Jerry Judy then, then proceeded to piss me off, <laughs> not because of his antics when everybody else is warming up, going through past r- patterns. He's literally right behind the, the desk of Amazon Prime's set. And dancing and talking crazy and yelling. But then he proceeds in the fourth quarter when the game's on the line and you get to prove that you're not a Jag, which really matters. Yeah, It's not the dancing. It's not the talking. It's, it's what you do between the white lines that matters. What does he do? He has a pass in the fourth quarter for a touchdown, an explosive play. We hadn't had one all game. And, and Russ ends up getting a roughing the passer penalty called on him on that play. Mm-hmm. But... Jerry had an opportunity to go high point that football. Instead, he he finesses it and lets that ball find the turf. And then Corlin Sutton's there to the very next play, maybe two plays later, to go pick up the touchdown. Yeah. Like, Jerry, Judy, if you don't want to be a Jag, then, then don't worry about the conversation with Steve Smith Sr. Go do it in real time when it counts, when you have the opportunities. And he had a golden opportunity, man-to-man coverage. You're a, you're a first-round draft pick, highly paid receiver, and you want to prove that you are who you say you are and believe you are, do it in real time. And he didn't do it. He didn't do it. And so uh, there, was, there was so much wrong around that entire narrative. Yeah, yeah there's, there's no doubt about that. And uh, we'll see how long Jerry Judy continues to be on, on the roster. I don't know. You think, do you, is, is, is his, does it look like his hamstring is any kind of an issue still with him or, or not? It just looks like the fit. Yeah. The fit of the, the fit offense, mm-hmm. the, the, the chemistry with Russ is just, I mean, it was better last year. I mean, there, there were times there where you're like, okay, I see Jerry Judy. Yeah. I see what we drafted. I see this guy that can make explosive plays and can run incredible routes. But through six games this season, 22 catches. Mm-hmm. 22. Yeah. yeah. He could be a wide receiver. He's a tier three. <laughs> <laughs> He's playing like a tier three right now. Well, we'll see. Uh, maybe a change of scenery. You, will... you know where I think he ends up? Where? And I'm, I'm sure they'll do everything he can to block it. I think he, he'd be a perfect fit in Kansas City. Ooh. Oh. They have a. De- they are devoid of yeah. route running talent. In, yeah, in Kansas City. Yeah, you imagine. <sighs> you imagine how excited he'd be licking his chops to be catching passes from Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid dialing him up. Oh gosh, yeah, for sure.
and then to come back and do that against the Broncos, it would be his pleasure to do that back against the Broncos. Um, really quickly, should Jared Stidham play soon? No, and I and I don't think so because. This Packers game is going to be, I think, it's going to be a referendum for the rest of the season relative to Russ. You know, and, and the Packers defense is, is full of flaws, full of holes. You know, this, this has got to be a game where it's either all hands on deck and Sean Payton dials up a game plan that, that truly suits and is tailored to fit Russ's strengths. And, and at the very least, you, you create some offensive production for your receivers so that they increase their trade value as we approach the deadline. But if it goes bad, all bets are off. Mm-hmm. I just think that this Packers game, there's absolutely no doubt in my mind that Russ is going to be under center, and it's got to it's gotta be all hands on deck. But if it uh, goes bad after this... It, then I think all then, bets are off. Yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. Where we are with this season. Uh, Russell Wilson threw for 95 yards yesterday. Uh, two, t- uh, two interceptions, one touchdown. Uh, and the loss was sacked four times as well. Just uh, There was a play that really got... The, the One play that really was on my nerves a little bit was... Uh, and I can't remember what point this was in the game. It was uh, fairly early on, I think. Um, Broncos are driving, driving, driving. You have like a fourth and three as you're driving, um, maybe even kind of toward the uh, red zone. They go for it, and Russ ends up, things break down. He ends up kind of running and then just running out of bounds and just taking his – I guess, what, what was that? You know, I mean, you got to at least throw the football and give somebody a chance to give you something. I mean, that, that, that reminds me of coaching college football and breaking in a freshman starter. You know, or if game six and, and your starter goes down, I've been in that situation. Shoot, at Western Kentucky, we ended up having to start four different game, four different quarterbacks throughout the course of the season. Um, it happened last year at CU. You know, it was Brennan Lewis, then JT Shrout, mm-hmm. and then it was uh, Owen McCown, true freshman quarterback. And even Owen didn't make those types of mistakes. But you you just look at a quarterback coming off the sideline and say, hey, it is fourth down. The ball needs to be put in the air. Yeah. Like there, there is no ifs, ands, or buts. And on a called pass play, even if it's first, second, or third down, the absolute worst result that you can have is to run out of bounds behind the line of scrimmage. Like that, that, that's inexcusable. It can't happen, mm-hmm. let alone to do so on a fourth down in your opening drive where you're trying to establish some type of momentum for your roster. Yeah. Um, the Broncos now 1-5 on the season. Uh, we'll talk about this a little bit more. Uh, but when we come back, uh, we'll have Inelli's NFL Notes. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You've got Dempsey and Company. Altitude Sports Radio. 92.5. Major League Baseball playoffs have been going on during this entire time. It's funny because uh, you will uh, look at some national shows and and even 
the fact that I mean they're in the actual playoffs, but their highlights are kind of secondary uh, to what's going on uh, in other parts of the sports world. But they are going in the Philadelphia Phillies. Um, just a, it's an interesting baseball team. Um, they finished something like 14 games behind the Braves. They just eliminated the Braves last night uh, from the playoff to move on uh, for the second straight year, as a matter of fact, to move on to the NLCS. Um, Nick Castellano, uh, Castellanos is a player who, uh, let's just call it, he just says it, he tells it like it is. <laughs> he <laughs> if, says what we all want to say. If he says what we all want to say. If you're not, not going to ask a question, he's going to be, he'll, 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 he'll say, so, you know what, let's just hear a couple of bites uh, here from Castellanos, uh, Castellanos uh, one from a report, one after the, after the game on the field, uh, and then the other as a, a studio host is um, interviewing him from uh, uh, remotely. So let's, uh, let's start with um, cut number one. All right, B.A., Nick, nobody in Major League history has hit two home runs on back-to-back postseason games, but you just did, and you guys are headed to the NLCS. Where's the question in that? There's no question. Thank thank you for telling me. I I thought you'd be happy with that. Uh, I am, man, but we got eight more wins. Where's the question? Which is uh, Sean Payton. <laughs> I, was gonna say, I was sitting there. I'm like, you know what? Clearly, Nick Castellanos has been listening to Altitude Radio, yeah. and he's he's heard he's heard the sound bite. Facts. What's the question? What's the question? Funny what you should qu- say that. I actually made a side by side comparison here. Let's see how he stacks up. All right, BA, Nick. Nobody in Major League history has hit two home runs on back to back postseason games, but you just did, and you guys are headed to the NLCS. Where's the question in that? What's the question? There's no question. Thank you for telling me. What's the question? I I thought you'd be happy with that. Uh, I am, man, but we got eight more wins. Next question. (laughs) You know know what? I don't don't blame any athlete or any coach that says what's the question because it is – you can, as a media member, get lazy because because you, you, it's, a lot of this is so conversational. You just stop talking and the person just starts talking. But you do still have to ask a question. Like, that's your job is to ask a question. Uh, Castellanos is hilarious. I love it. And, and you know what I loved about it is it's, I think so many of these athletes get formal media training. Yeah. And, and a lot of them are trained. And it seems like Castellanos is a very linear thinker um, <laughs> where he was probably trained to don't answer a, a statement mm-hmm. with an answer because there is no answer to a statement. Right. But on the other side of it, in journalism, a lot of this is conversational. Like, like clearly, we just like you don't need to ask a question with regards to you just won the NLCS. Go, what? go, like, exactly. wind, like, yeah. like wind up toy, like just, just wind that sucker up and let that little, little old mouse just kind of skip around. And that's what ninety nine point nine percent of all professional athletes and coaches do. Yeah. But I do love, it's so refreshing to hear, be like, in that moment, like, <laughs> what's the question? When you know exactly what he's looking for, just, just what do you, how do you feel? And, but you have to say, how do you feel? How do you feel? But sometimes, uh, and I've been in this situation where it'll be something super obvious, right? Uh, you threw for five touchdowns today. How did it feel to throw five touchdowns? And they look at you like, 
it felt good. I threw five <laughs> touchdowns in the bucket. I mean, I, I got know. hit a couple times. <laughs> like, my ribs hurt. I, I don't know. What are you trying to get at? <laughs> and you have, there's nowhere for you to go, but we just need you to say it. We can't say it. You have to say it. So we have to ask the question that way. Where's the question in that? What's the question? What is the question? Um, I think that's the question right now, really, for the Broncos. Like, like what's, what's the question? We got to figure out, like, what, what is the question what right is the now? Question? There's so many. I was going to say. There's so many. How, which, one of these, which one of the questions do we want to address? Um, Cassianos, incidentally, had two home runs. Uh, in that game yesterday. So he's just, uh, uh, he has had a heck of a playoffs for the Phillies, who by far have the best atmosphere, um, stadium atmosphere in the playoffs. It, Debs, it, it's not even close. Where's the question? It's, <laughs> I was waiting for the question. It's a, there's no question. What's, there's no question. What's the question? <laughs> uh, with that, let's get to Nelly's NFL notes. Nelly, what is story number one? Here's the question. Why did the Broncos call a timeout with 22 seconds left to go before halftime when they were setting up a punt? There's your question, Sean Payton. Yeah, can we just start with this? Because actually, I'm glad. I'm glad we're getting to this, Nelly. And, and this is the play that this is the play that like get got on my nerves the most. Because you thought it was fourth. You, oh, I don't know what down he thought it. He thought it was third down, but it was fourth down. You call a timeout, right? Um, how, however many seconds are left, 19 or something like that. You end up punting the ball to the Chiefs, who then kick a 60-yard field goal at half. You, Mike, here's the thing. When you walk in as the head coach and you say to everybody, I'm the most detail-oriented person that you know. None of these things are going to get away from me. We do. What was the situation count when they were practicing in uh, in, in, tra- in training camp? It was like seventy something situation, different kind of situation. So they will always know what to do, no matter what the situation arises. You didn't know what down it was, dude. You didn't know what down it was, dude. <laughs> And and what I see, and we just talked on our last segment about Russell Wilson on fourth down, running out of bounds behind the line of scrimmage. Yeah. 12-year, 12-year starter in the National Football League. Sean Payton, 16-year NFL head coach. Am Mm -hmm. I right in that? Mm -hmm. 16? Mm Mm-hmm. Like these 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 are mistakes that can't happen. <laughs> like you you hedge your bets and make financial decisions to get experience yeah. for these types of things not to happen. <laughs> and they get, and they and they happen two of them in one game. Yeah, it's I, you know at least Nathaniel Hackett had the excuses that was his first actual year being a head coach. This is not an excuse for Sean Payton, especially when you trumpet to the world that those issues, those detail issues that were plaguing the Broncos all of last season, well, that that is over. I am here. That is over. But it is not over. It is. We are now six games in and we are doing things like that. It is. um, Boy, there's so many. To your point, so many questions with this football team. Nelly. And and in the postgame, he did address that. And he said, quote, that's a boneheaded mistake by me. Yeah. They were were calling one as well. And I'm off by a down. That was stupid. (sighs) So he lost track of downs. We we got the whole stadium to count down the play clock for Hackett. Can we count downs for Sean Payton? (laughs) Is that what we need to do? What that does tell me, Nelly, is it tells me that there's not a lot of communication on the headsets. Mm -hmm. Because like a constant feedback, like even last 
last night or yesterday, Mead High School plays, um, you know, here at, at All City Stadium. Yeah. And and even on our little headsets that we wear that aren't, aren't wired and they're, you know, barely hear anything. Um, you know, we're talking down distance between me and, and the guy calling the plays, the offense coordinator. Yeah. Like, I'm talking like, hey, man, you got third down coming up. Think think four down territory or whatever it may be. And mm-hmm. Like, you got to have constant dialogue to, to have a checks and balances system in place. Well, you know what, Mike, I think it's a good point because I, I, I wonder how much of that even exists really because you, you especially you, we've had these reports where, you know, Peyton's come in. It's a little bit of an eggshell. Like, people are on eggshells around him. Um, maybe not uh, feeling as if they can really speak up in a lot of these instances where they probably should speak up. I, when I see things like this and to, to hear what you're saying, that, that's kind of what it seems like to me. It's a an extension of a, a staff that doesn't feel comfortable correcting you or even challenging or even just saying, hey, coach, just want you, you should think about this one thing. I it's that's also an issue that I think has to get changed. But if Sean Payton doesn't want to change it, it'll never get changed. I mean, it's up to him to to, to change that atmosphere. Uh, but if he doesn't want the atmosphere changed, then maybe we are destined to have a little bit more of these um, these errors. Nelly, what's story number two? Yesterday, the word around the campfire was that the Broncos were potentially going to trade Frank Clark, and they restructured his contract to make that a little easier. Now the word around the campfire is that he's just going to be released by the Broncos flat out. That's the latest from the rumor mill. So in honor of the Frank Clark era coming to an ending an ending here in Denver, I put together a highlight reel of Frank Clark's best <laughs> moments <laughs> with Denver. I like Frank going to rival the Chiefs, but the team the Chiefs have beaten 15 times in a row. Is it time now to reverse that trend? Or what? Um, I wouldn't call it a rivalry, and a rivalry is, is competitive, sure or false. Um, and I'm on the Broncos now, and I've been on the other side, you know what I mean? And we didn't call it a rivalry then. Um, I'm with the Broncos now. Until we become competitive enough, we have to beat the team. We have to win our division. We have to do a few things, not just about the Chiefs. Um, it's, it's things we have to do here. We got to get our own ball together here in order for us to go out there and compete, for us to become one of those factions. If it wasn't a rivalry, what was it? A football game between two teams. <laughs> and that is it. <laughs> I wish you would have learned, but it, is, it was too early to learn the new trend in answering questions. If Frank Clark would have just said, what's the question? What's the question? He would have been way better <laughs> off in his Broncos tenure. <laughs> yeah, way better off. Uh, that is, I mean, how disappointing when you... Uh, Next question. When he arrives in town, it's... All right, you know, you got somebody, especially in the playoffs, he's been a great playoff performer in the past, and you, because the head coach said he want, he would be mad if his team didn't make the playoffs, now you got a guy who can help you if you get there, which you're not going to get there, and now he's released. Um, two, two total uh, tackles in his career here two. in Denver. It was great knowing you, Frank. <laughs> Great knowing you. I really, I thought you were going to play his two tackle highlight. God, yeah, just like tackle from the Raiders game. For the, for the Raiders. <laughs> game one. Uh, Nelly, what's next? A football game between two teams. <laughs> now, let's see, guys. If I was to describe either of you, like if somebody asked me what's Chris Dempsey's playing style, and I said that you looked like a vending machine out there. Would you take that as a compliment? Or, or no. if I said Mike Sanford, when he's out on the field, he plays like a vending machine. Is that is that a, a compliment, would you say? Hey, you know what? what vending machines do? They make money. 
<laughs> they make money. Okay. Well, then that's the opposite of what happened with Chase Claypool. He's not really making, well, maybe he's making money. I don't know. But what I do know is that Tyree Kill was chatting about Chase Claypool now that he's found a new home in Miami, and he described him as a vending machine. Here's the full cut. What's crazy is, man, like he looks like a vending machine out there when he's running. You feel me? So um, very fast, um, very fluid in his routes. So he's going to be a, uh, he's definitely going to be a, um, a huge addition to this team, man. Um, whether it's blocking, whether it's receiving the ball, um, whether it's whatever this team needs him to do, man. So, well, are vending machines fast and fluid? What is this metaphor? Vending machines just. I don't know what they do. <laughs> they, 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 they take your money and they give you something. Um, Tyreek's just going to Tyreek. Yeah, yeah, I know. And, and honestly, I could care less yeah. because Tyreek can run. Yeah, he can. And if I'm coaching, he can say whatever the heck he wants. He can he can be called a jag. He can call whoever he wants a jag. He can say what's the question. Tyreek can do whatever he wants because that dude is on a different just wavelength in the game of football with his speed than anybody else. Yeah. Um, I love how he that. Chase Claypool is going to come in, and do, whether it's blocking, blocking, <laughs> because I'm going to be doing all the receiving. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know how this Chase Claypool thing is even going to work with with Miami. I it just he's bounced around for a reason, and it's and I, I just I mean, look, Mike McDaniel is the mad scientist on offense, and so great he'll be able to use him um, however he needs to use him. But that offense didn't need Chase Claypool at all. It, just, it didn't. I mean, it's got Waddle and Hill, and it doesn't have HN anymore uh, for the next few weeks. But it still has Mostert, who we saw ran for four touchdowns against the Broncos. So it's um, it's just a high-powered offense. I don't know what a vending machine means, but they'll use I, – I would expect that Claypool has, what, a touchdown or two going down. You know, I, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> I would say – Stay tuned because, for whatever reason, McDaniel's just has the secret sauce yeah. in, in getting the most out of players, mm-hmm. and, and just keeps going, coming up, time and again. And I, I didn't even know the name. I'll be real honest. I'm a college football guy. Mm-hmm. I, I've lived and breathed it my whole life. I didn't even know the name. Uh, is it Devon or is it Devin? I know it's A Chan. Yeah, because he didn't. Like, yeah. Is it Devon or Devin? Nelly? I've been saying Devon. I guess Devon Achan. I think it's Devon Achan. I didn't know the name. Yeah, see, I, once you get that, once you get that little uh, uh, the uh, the apostrophe in there, the Alcento. Yeah, exactly right. Then, then that's the umlaut. Um, yeah, <laughs> exactly right. Devon uh, from FedEx Dan Claypool is like a vending machine. He always gives up the goodies. Hey, oh, <laughs> um, Nelly, what's next? Deshaun Watson has officially been ruled out for the Browns this Sunday. He's still nursing that shoulder injury. Maybe he needs to go to more physical therapy. And who are the Browns playing without their starting quarterback? That's right, the San Francisco 49ers. So the Browns have decided that instead of throwing rookie Dorian Thompson Robinson back out to the Wolves that just carved up Dak Prescott, they're going to sit the rookie who threw three interceptions against the Ravens two weeks ago. And instead, they're going to start veteran journeyman P.J. Walker against the 49ers. The Temple grad. Yeah. Yep. You know, here, here's what I would say. You know, we all give Deshaun Watson a tough time. But what I respect about Deshaun Watson is that the man really does care about his body. He had an appointment. <laughs> he had a spa appointment that day. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I gave it a run. <laughs> Could you imagine him going into I, Kevin Stefanski and be like, Coach, hey. I, I really would love to play, but I, I have a massage appointment. <laughs> Stefanski going, get, get in the locker room. Get in the locker room. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> um, look, Dorian Thompson-Robinson didn't fare very well, but I think he's, I don't know, he's, he, he had a... He had a fun preseason, which doesn't mean anything. I got it. I got it. I got it. But um, PJ Walker, just going to go straight to him. Can't, he, I mean, the Ravens have a good defense too, right? Um, Ish. Browns. Well, I'm just saying. Browns played Niners, correct? Yeah. But so he started against the Ravens. Correct. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. yeah. Sorry. Ravens defensively, I mean. Good. Yeah. Always I mean, it's good. Not like, it's not like he did that against the Broncos defense. No. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. The Deshaun Watson saga is always fun to, fun to just stay tuned in on. It really is. I mean, <laughs> he's just like not playing you just, anymore. You just you got to consistently just rise up to the challenge. You, you got to stay stay lubricated as you continue to follow this <laughs> this 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 team and and the storyline surrounding them. Uh, we will wrap this show up when we come back. <laughs> lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky. In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Text Altitude Sports Radio 92.5. Jump on the Sean Mosden text line. 303-504-0925. Sean Mazda. One price, one person, one hour. There was some basketball played last night by the Nuggets. Preseason game number two. They lost 133 to 124 to the Chicago Bulls um, in two overtimes. I'm so glad we got to see overtime in preseason NBA. Oh, my gosh. Oh, good God. What are we doing? I What, what are we doing? What are we doing? This is... There should be no overtime in any preseason ever, but this was ridiculous. I, I will say this. The uh, shot that Brandon Key made to send it to the first overtime was pretty ridiculous. However, there should be no overtime. Um, do you want to know how many players played for the Nuggets in this game? 17. S- 17. That's a whole, that's a whole that, lot. Just basically everybody. Everybody who was available. Basically, <laughs> everybody. It was, like, it was like a D-League combined with an NBA summer league yeah. game. Yes. Hey, yeah. My takeaway, and you're, you're, the, you're the Nuggets expert, Julian Strother. Yeah. Um, he is playing. Boy, he's playing really well. Here's, okay, here's what, I think, here's what I think happened with him in summer league to now. So Summer League, he didn't play very well in Summer League. He didn't shoot it very well uh, in Summer League. Prior to that, he did so many interviews uh, detailing him growing up in Las Vegas, going to Summer League every year. So it's, it's a special place for him to play in that arena, um, Thomas and Max Center and uh, um, Cox Pavilion on the UNLV campus. And then all the family and friends and everybody who are, who are going to be there to watch him play. And I just think that sometimes you press because you want to impress. And once the shots stopped falling 
it was just kind of brick city, but did you, but it happens over the course of a, of a week or two, especially if you're a shooter. And I just think he just fell into that a little bit. Whereas the other night in Phoenix, there's no pressure in that game. You know, it, it's, it's now you're just rolling out there and, and balling and the shot fell. He's got a quick release, even though it's, it's a little bit on the low side, he can get it off. And once the shots start falling, I mean, this is a the, he's a big time three point shooter for Gonzaga, and, and he's going to be for the Nuggets as well. Sixteen more points for him, four more three pointers mm-hmm. uh, for him in that game last night. So, uh, the Nuggets have collected really good ta- young talent. There's no doubt about that, Mike. Um, it'll be interesting for me to see how they piece it all together. Because what Hunter Tyson is going through right now is a little bit of a shooting slump, but he's also, because he was so good in summer league, knocking out all the threes, doing all the things, he is on the scouting report now. So when he is on the court, shooter, shooter, and he's getting no space. And and so maybe I think for him, it's probably good that he's going through this right this second rather than having to learn, relearn this during the regular season. Um, but I think he'll be fine, too. The, the Nuggets, it appears as if they've hit it really well in the draft again. and Which is just amazing. Yeah. You have, you have the, you're hamstrung by your picks because of your success. Mm-hmm. And, and ultimately, to hit on players, to fill voids that were left. I mean, that clearly, like Hunter Tyson, what I love about his game is that even if his shots aren't falling, tenacious defender. Yep. yep. And then Julian Strother, if he can hit two or three threes here and there, then he fills that Bruce Brown role. Mm-hmm. Now, does he fill the backup point guard role? No. No. But those two to three clutch three-point shots off the bench, Yeah, I mean, you can see the culture at work that Michael Malone's built. And you see it in the Jamal Murray, in the comments that, that were made by Julian Strother after the game with regards to Jamal Murray taking him under his wing. Mm-hmm. Like you can see Jamal Murray's like, I like this dude. Yeah. Like he, I see a lot of my young self in him. Mm-hmm. And what did he tell Julian Strother? Jamal Murray tells him, keep shooting. Yeah. Keep shooting. Yep. And that is because Jamal Murray wants to have an even better season than he did last year yep. coming off of the major injury. And he wants, he knows that the more weapons that surround him, vis a vis the Golden State Warriors, when Clay Thompson was going off, yep. the more open shots and, and looks that he's going to get. Yeah. That's that's just the way it works, and I mean, if you don't have threats around you, then the defense just keys on you, and uh, the space, it seems like a lot of space on a basketball court, really shrinks up really fast. Um, incidentally, in this game, the Nuggets took 53-point shots. That's obviously not something that they're going to do um, in the regular season, but they made 20 of them, and the, the reason why this is... Um, I, I think it's um, sig- significant is a little too strong of a word, but th- you, you understand where I'm getting at here. By the time that they were getting to the the finals against the Miami Heat, the three-point shot really wasn't something that they were hitting with any kind of regularity anymore. They beat the Miami Heat without basically the use of a devastating three-point shooting, uh, consistent three-point shooting efforts. I I think that they would like for that to change this year. And they would like to know that even if on a night night where Jamal Murray is not hitting them or Michael Porter Jr. is not hitting them, you can pop in Julian Strother, he knocks in a two or three of them. Uh, Maybe Hunter Tyson knocks in two or three of them. And you can continue to have a good three-point shooting offense, which you just need to have 
have that um, over the course of a season and into the playoffs. The Nuggets got away with that last year. I think they don't want to necessarily try to get away with that again this year. It's why these players, I think, were uh, one of the reasons they're all here is because uh, they were drafted because they can knock it in from the three three point line. So anyway, Nuggets uh, one thirty three one twenty four uh, lost in double overtime to the Chicago Bulls. Those two teams will play again here on Sunday um, as the Nuggets kind of wind their way to the beginning of the regular season on October 24th. As for the Avs, uh, the big news coming out of, of Avs camp here today is uh, Devon Taves' new contract. Seven years, $7.25 million uh, average, annual average value for that contract. And they're just locking up uh, you know the top players and the players that are on on the top blue line, Makar and Taves for the four probably for their the remainder of their careers here. So uh, it's it's great to see uh, for the Avs. And um, as Josh Grismer explained to us earlier on the program, this is a player who probably could have gone out in free agency and made more than this. Uh, so you, you know how much he wants to be here. Obviously, the Avs want to keep, continue to keep him, and they will for probably the balance of his career. Dabs, I hate to say this, but I mean, this is kind of a front-runner statement, mm-hmm. but isn't it so fun to be affiliated with the Avs and the Nuggets during yes. this time? <laughs> Altitudes of affiliation? Like, yeah. We're, I mean, we're front runners right now. Yeah, and that's a good thing. It's amazing because it, because these two franchises are doing everything the right way. Mm-hmm. They're building it the right way, um, and it, it's just the the excitement of the continuity that you see, and then adding fun new pieces. And so excited to continue to watch this Avs team play and, and see who those other pieces are that are going to continue to emerge. Um, it, it's 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 a great time to be an Avs and a Nuggets fan. Yeah, right? it's it's that is an absolute fact. And the Avs are back in action on Saturday at the. San Jose Sharks as they continue to uh, work through their first three road games before they come back home to face the Chicago Blackhawks. I believe that's on the uh, 19th um, here next week. Um, All right. We have a big college football weekend. We went over some of the local games. Uh, We will actually pick one of them um, as well. But Oregon versus Washington is the marquee by far uh, game happening in college football. Uh, We know we saw Oregon firsthand here against Mm. University of Colorado. That was a beatdown. Washington is a a team I think a lot of people don't know how good they are. How do you see this game? Well, without question, Oregon was the most complete Dominant, dominant team that CU's seen this season. Like without, like when you compare TCU to Oregon in the twenty three season, I mean it's it's they're on two completely different planets, and it's played out that way. CU doesn't have to play Washington this season. Yeah, we did last year, right? And a majority of that roster is back. My alma mater, Boise State, opened the season in Seattle at Alaskan Airlines Field at Husky Stadium. I think that is the most complete, but also explosive and dangerous roster in college football today. Uh, Michael Penix Jr., uh, he averages, listen to this, just let this one sit with you. He averages 399 yards passing per game. And he's, people are saying he's off to a slow start. (laughs) Now, everybody's talking about Caleb Williams, and I'm all in on Caleb Williams. Mm A lot of people think that the consolation prize is going to go uh, to who the second worst team in the NFL yeah. is going to go to Drake May. I, I am, I've seen him. I've studied him. I am all in on Michael Penix Jr. And not just because of his arm talent, mm-hmm. his athleticism. He's overcome a lot. He's had multiple surgeries. He's come back from it. Um, he's healthy. Um, he can extend plays with his feet. But it's between his ears. 
And that's what I see as a difference maker in the National Football League is a guy that, that can come in day one and ingest all the information and then has the athletic talent as well as the arm talent to go execute. I, like, I would love to see Michael Penix Jr. in blue and orange. Yeah, that would be amazing. Uh, remember all the way back, I don't know if you guys would recall, I mean, he was a quarterback, starting quarterback for Indiana, and Indiana was immediately good, right? Uh, so, During the COVID year. Right. I mean, yeah. it's the only season Indiana football's been highly competitive in, in the Big Ten, and to, to the tune of playing for, uh, up until the last week, for the Big Ten Championship, mm-hmm. the chance to play in the Big Ten Championship. Yeah, yeah, and he's doing the same thing with Washington. Washington's number seven, and uh, Oregon number eight. So you have Washington in this game. I have Washington, and I think that they have more speed at the receiver position. Roma Dunze is an absolute freak at receiver. Love another guy that I'd love to see in this draft class because we all know we need difference makers in the past game. Um, tune into this game because watching Washington, if you haven't done so this season, you're going to see an incredibly well-coached team with a lot of weapons. Washington is favored uh, by three points in this game. Uh, the over-under is 67, and this has every opportunity to hit the over on that. But these two um, offenses, incidentally, Bo Nix, a quarterback that we saw, uh, leads the NCAA in completion percentage at 80%, just completing all the passes all the time. So you understand the offensive firepower that these two uh, teams are going to bring. All right, um, USC is going to face Notre Dame. Notre Dame doing the low fade here, uh, but USC's defensively, not so much, not so good. The, the combination of USC's defense and then an offense that at times does take its foot off the gas pedal, um, I think Notre Dame is going to find a way to win this game in do South you? Bend. I really do. I, I, I am... Uh, I'm all bought in on Caleb Williams uh, as a talent, um, but I'm not always bought in on just the overall team um, uh, team's ability to finish. We saw it in Folsom Field. Mm-hmm. Um And I think that if Notre Dame hangs around in this game because of their line play and their really strong defense, Notre Dame's going to win because Sam Hartman, if he gets the ball at the end of this game, he's going to find a way to win this game. Yeah, I think I'm just going to pick USC because... um no real reason. No real scientific <laughs> reason. I just, I, just, I just think offensively they'll probably uh, they'll be able to score enough. Demps, we do know that after those two games, like the West Coast's um, opportunity to vie for a national title, it's going to clear itself up a whole heck of a lot. Yeah. Between Oregon, Washington, and USC. Like th- this weekend is is really separation Saturday because of the matchups that we're going to see. Yeah, it's, you get the idea. You understand how powerful these teams in the Pac-12 are. I mean, that, that, those are three top 10 teams um, in a conference that this is by far the best it's probably looked, looked maybe ever, like depth-wise, right? I, I've been a, affiliated with the conference since 2007, and this is without question yeah. um, the best. And I'm talking like the top four or five teams are like lights out good. Yeah, amazing. All right, really quickly before we go, Air Force and Wyoming. Wyoming at Air Force. I got Air Force. Uh, they're good. At, they're at home. Uh, they don't lose at home. Yeah. I love Air Force. I love everything about them. And Troy Calhoun's got a squad, and they're playing extremely confidently. I'll second that. I'll, I'll second that as well. I got Air Force in that game. All right, that's going to do it for us, Mike. It's been a pleasure. We'll see you again on Monday, yeah? Yes, sir. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. If, if right. they invite me back. Yeah, we, you're, you're invited. Oh, you're, thank you. You are back. Thanks, Demps. <laughs> I guess it is Dempsey and Company. It, so it you is. You decide who Company is. <laughs> so here I am. <laughs> Steve Nelson, we appreciate you. Go back into the studio. I'm done now. Thank you. Mic drop that. We're going to do that today. We're going to mic drop this show. We will see you on Monday. 
If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.